Welcome to episode number 16 of the Grab Blogger podcast. This is the podcast where helping academics build online businesses and change the world through blogging, podcasting, and video. I'm your host, Dr. Chris Cloney. Today, we have a very special guest, Dr. Melanie Bruce, on to talk about using Instagram for your academic business. Melanie, welcome to the Grab Blogger podcast. Thanks, Chris. I'm excited to be here. I'm really excited to have you. I know you've been following a bit of the Grab Blogger um, storyline, if you will. You were actually quite involved and, and won some awards and prizes during our podcast launch. So thank you for. I did. I'm actually using one of those prizes right now to record this. That's awesome. We actually sent the uh, Melanie won the grand prize, which was the podcast setup that we're both using now to record this. Um, now we we ship down to to Tennessee where she's at, and uh, yeah, I hope the audio sounds awesome. So this episode, we're talking about using Instagram for your academic business. Melanie has a PhD in consumer behavior from Southern Cross University in Australia. She's a speaker. She's a small business marketing consultant. Um, and where I knew her from is starting the website, theprofessorisout.com, uh, which is around international travel travel for professors, administrators, and staff. And a lot of the posts that she found, or she started getting a personal branding, I guess. And we'll talk about this. We're actually recording two podcast episodes right now, but she just rebranded um, almost exactly around when we're when we're shooting this to a new website, which is theleveragedphd.com. And you can also find her at melaniebruce.com.au. So this specific episode, we're talking about Instagram. We're talking about a bit of, about her story. Then tune in for subsequent episodes. I think episode nineteen, where actually episode eighteen rather, we'll be talking about when and how to rebrand your online business. So we'll be talking about that in the future episode. So kind of why way of getting started, Melanie? Could you share with the audience what made you start your your blog, theprofessorisout.com? Absolutely. So I actually started my blog so that I could have real data to use in my social media and digital marketing classes that I was teaching. I was teaching in a small town. There wasn't a lot of businesses here that I could connect with. And I wanted to be able to run experiments and show my students how a small optimization, a small change could have a huge impact on conversions and on a business's success. And my teaching style is very hands-on, so I wanted to have that real live data rather than using hypothetical data or old case studies. I decided on the topic because it was something I was passionate about, traveling, leading travel studies, and helping other academics to do that. And so that's really where it came from. And as I'm sure we'll talk about shortly and in the next episode that I interview with you, there's a lot of change. It's evolved a lot over time. Yes, yeah, certainly. And we'll we'll go through that whole journey in the next the the two recordings that we're doing, just to, for the audience to confirm. So Melanie was slash is a, a acting professor at. I'm currently at the University of Tennessee at Martin, and I've just finished up here, and I'm heading down to uh, Southern Mississippi University for the next academic year. So I am a full time academic, and I doing all this on the side, just for the fun of it, really. No, I love it. And the course then that you mentioned was actually a course that she's teaching or was teaching um, as part of her engagement at the university, uh, just in case people are kind of wondering what what that's all about. So that's where you get started with the professors out. And again, I would encourage people to also check out the leveragedphd.com and check out her own personal brand website, which we will be covering in episode 18. But just that whole journey from starting a website, starting a blog as part of a the course you're running for your students, what were some of the, the big takeaways from your 
your PhD research in consumer behavior and just that whole online marketing and what you learned in that class with your students? Now, obviously, for me, with my PhD being in marketing, there was a lot that I had learned through my education that I applied to starting my online business, my blog, and doing social media marketing, search engine optimization, email marketing. All of that was skills that I had through my education. But there's also so many skills that I developed during my PhD that I think most, if not all, PhDs have such as time management, batching content, time blocking, having or needing to work autonomously and being on your own terms, writing, researching, all of these things are so important for online businesses, blogging, for creating any type of content online. Breaking down a really large task into small meaningful parts when you first start to blog and you first start to do all this stuff online, you can be quite overwhelmed. Just like when you start your PhD or when you start your graduate studies or you start a research project, if you are graduated, you've got your PhD and you're academic now, it can be a little overwhelming, but you have those skills, you've done it before and you can do it again. It's the transferable skills that we have that make this such a, a great thing to do with our PhD. Oh, I love it. And I guess in addition to that, so you, it's, it's strange. I've never interviewed somebody that academic research was in, you know, consumer behavior in um, the space. And then, and then they're actually in the space. Were there any surprises? Like, I don't know, I could picture something you see in a textbook. They're like, Oh, that's just not working in in real life. And you need to switch it up. Is there anything like that? Well, we often talk in marketing about some, not everything is going to work for every customer, for every target market. And we do talk a lot about trying, testing and seeing what works. And so that didn't surprise me in that things didn't work, but there's definitely some things that there's, I post on Instagram and I'll put a quote up and that will get a thousand likes. And then I'll post something else up that I think is really engaging and really on point with my brand and it'll get a hundred likes. So that sort of stuff is, it's definitely interesting because I think I know all this stuff about marketing and then I'm definitely learning along the way as well. I was going to say, it's good to hear that a PhD in marketing is still human and making the same, having the oh, same. Absolutely. <laughs> Um, very cool. So that's some really neat background just on your history on the professor's ode, I guess, is, is around international travel or was around international travel for professors, administrators and staff. At some point, did you begin to monetize that blog or, or when did it start becoming more of a, a business and, and moving away from sort of being a, something you did on the side? Well, I was blogging for about two years and I had my ups and downs. You know, I got really into it when I was teaching a class and I wanted to have that content and have all the stats and the data. And then I'd kind of wean out of it a little bit. And every time I'd come back, I'd see that there were certain posts and certain elements that were still getting a lot of traction, even without me publicizing them and really working on getting people to them. And that's the power of search engine optimization. And I did start to do things like affiliate marketing and paid advertising on that site. And as time went on, I started to go away from that and having more control over how I made money. So I've developed an online course, for, a personal branding course for PhDs in, in the shift that I've had with my, with my new site. I'm definitely about diversifying my income, having lots of different streams of income on my other side hustle, which is consulting, I help eco businesses 
start, launch and develop their businesses. And with that, I do one-on-one consulting. So it's much more time consuming, but it's obviously a, a bigger chunk of cash that comes in when I'm when I'm doing that. I've also been invited to do paid speaking engagements and that has come through my multiple different sites. I was also invited as an influencer to go to a conference in New York City. And while technically I didn't get paid for that, they paid for my accommodations and all my food while I was there. And I got some pretty cool swag out of that as well. Oh, I love it. And I guess the, the main topic for this episode, it's actually a little bit greedy, um, is around Instagram. So we're going to get into that and definitely stay tuned. And it's a little bit, I say it's greedy because I went through a social media purge where I deleted all social media apps from my phone once I started my, my second business, Grablogger. And I'm just now at the point where I'm like, okay, I can allow Instagram back into my life and I want to start doing good things there. Who can I get to teach me? <laughs> so I, I, I know Dr. Bruce is, is in that space. So that's where the Instagram portion of this comes from. I know that there's a lot of people that are hearing your journey and going, um, this is something that maybe I'd be interested in doing around building up content online and then maybe being able to monetize that down the road through consulting, through speaking, coaching, passive income streams like affiliate marketing or whatnot. Do you have any th- recommendations to those people on, on where they sh- where they should start or what they should kind of think about doing? You really need to focus at the start on developing relationships and developing quality content with people rather than getting out there and trying to sell straight away. I had my blog for about two years and I definitely took it slow. It does not take that long, but you definitely want to build up that relationship and your authority as somebody who is an expert in this field. It doesn't take two years, but it takes a few months before you can start to do that. And once you do build up your authority, people come to you. So some of the paid speaking gigs that I've been invited to in the last couple of months, I didn't reach out to them. They they came to me and they asked me, we'd like you to come and do this particular talk. So once you do that, it, it's something called inbound marketing. And I don't want to get too much into, into marketing and teach a whole class on this. But inbound marketing is about creating quality content that draws customers to you rather than being salesy and selling and being, being that fake person. It's saying, I'm here. This is what I have. It's great. Here's what I can do for you. Yeah, I'd agree. And being genuine is a big part of that. And then here's the here's the trick. <laughs> it's not for everyone. If you need to make money today because you need to make ends meet, then you may need to you know do some things. You may need to beta launch a course or come up with some way to to make money quick. The trick is if you're if you don't need to do that, if you have some runway, if you're a grad student with a stipend or doing this a side hustle, the real trick is is not to worry about money right away. <laughs> if you grow for six months without doing that and start building authority and making friends in the space and and that the the monetary opportunities start to just kind of come to you, whether it be through advertising like my blog with direct companies. Um, I've I've done speaking. I've been invited and done speaking where they're paying for me to go. And it sounds like a lot of those same things are open to you. And that would be my recommendation is you can kind of go in with a mindset that you don't need to make money right away to a degree. Don't pick a useless topic that's never going to have any any way to to build authority or anything like that. But it, it makes it a little bit easier on your on your your mindset moving into that, or at least from what I've seen. And I made my first dollar eight months after I started, and it was probably about a year before I was really making. Well, a year later, I, I finished my PhD and didn't take full time position. So this is has been my job ever since then. That was at the point where I was making enough money for it to be my full time thing. So definitely takes time, but if you focus on building authority from the start, 
just like you're saying. Um, and we can call that inbound marketing and, and note that there's a, a whole science behind it. Or to say that if you be genuine up front and, and create good material that helps people, <laughs> then then you can kind of find your way to the same the same spot. So Absolutely. And there is so many resources out there that you can shortcut that learning curve. I wasn't in it to make money. I was in it to use it as a tool for my classes, which is why it took me a bit longer. Uh, I know a lot of the stuff that you've done, Chris, is so innovative and you're you're blazing a path. And now all these people get to use your experience to shortcut that learning and potentially start making that money a little earlier. Well, I appreciate it. And that's, I mean, that's my goal, right? That's why I have grab blogger. That's why we're, we're doing this, um, is, is really because the power of academics to change the world, especially if you can be independent, especially if you can build an online business, stay in your own lifestyle is, is really immense. So I, this is actually a recent, this hasn't even publicized, but my, my personal goal with grab blogger is to help a thousand academics help a thousand people each. So if I can get a thousand academics and train them to build their own businesses to significantly change the lives of a thousand people, then, then grab blogger can influence a million people. So that's my goal. So this podcast is part of that. That's impressive. If you do the math, it's a, it's not like a two year goal <laughs> that I have to help a hundred people catch a reach a thousand people over a 10 year period to be able to do that. But how to do that's not immediately apparent today, but that's the kind of tact that we're looking to do. And say in my other business, the goal is to see one year with zero fatalities worldwide in industries handling specific materials. And we couldn't even measure it, but we built a research team that has the tools to measure that trend over the whole entire world now. And and we're tracking it at the moment. And over the next couple of years, we'll look at how do we reduce it. So think big is the kind of way that I'm thinking of saying that, I guess. I really appreciate it. I appreciate the the work that you're doing in the space now as well. And I appreciate you coming on to teach me about this area that, like I said, I got on Instagram. I loved it. And it was right at my peak social media, taking over my life kind of phase. And I said, no, I got to delete all the, all the phone, all the apps from my phone. I did that probably five months ago. My son had just been born too, which, which helped. I wanted to see him grow up as well, but I'm sort of back. So we're on Twitter doing quite a bit there and we're going to move to Instagram. So what does an academic looking to build an online business need to know about Instagram? Well, Instagram is my favorite platform. It's really hot right now. Everybody's loving it. It's the golden child of of social media. The reason for that is it's a visual platform. You share videos and photos, but it's a very simplified version. It's not like Facebook where there's all this politics and everybody's able because it's more open Facebook there's more opportunities for that Instagram is very doesn't give you a lot of flexibility you can you only get one link and you have all these restrictions on there and that is what makes it great because it is this platform that is much more inspiring and you're able to follow the people that you want to follow and get the content that you want to get which also means it's a great platform to get yourself in front of your audience. It has the highest engagement of any social media platform. And that's great. If you want to build brand awareness, if you want to build connections with your audience, then Instagram is a great platform for you to do that. Yeah. And the way I think about it is my strength from Grab Blogger is that I'm willing to go the extra mile to show to show people the inside. Like not the not the nice fancy story from the outside, but you know, I'm in the the Facebook group, the Grab Blogger Connect Facebook group showing my office and showing my son. And this is how we build this, this business from the ground up. This is how we're building Grab Blogger. 
we're a little bit low, we're a little bit slow on the income reports, but they're coming. Um, then bring in Instagram. It's like the platform that gives your audience that that look and decide to who you actually are. It's like almost a perfect fit for that type of brand. Yeah, it has the, you've got with Instagram, you've got your feed, which is a little bit more structured. Usually your content that's on your feed is scheduled and you are creating that consistent here on Mondays, I'm going to be posting this. And then you've got the behind the scenes and that's the stories. And that's really the power of Instagram. And that is where you're going to get huge engagement and allow people into your life and into who you are. And the great thing about the Instagram stories is it doesn't have to be perfect. You don't have to be really you know, made up and dress really nicely. You, I, I send a story and I'll be, you know, it's the end of the day. I've put my son to bed I'm cleaning up the kitchen and I'm the day's done. I'm exhausted. And so you'll see me, I've got my wrinkles under my eyes and I'm tired, but I'll just check in and tell people about what I've achieved that day or things that I'm struggling with or whatever's going on. And I get so much great insight from my followers and they'll write back to me and they're just like, thank you so much for sharing this. I really, I really engage with that. I understand that. And it's, that's why I love that platform. I said, it's my favorite and it's true. I love, I love Instagram. There you go. So I want to highlight the, if you want to go through the anatomy of Instagram, the pieces for those, somebody who's really not in the space and wants to know. So you mentioned the profile and in the profile, you get one link to a website. You should probably make it your website. <laughs> it's true. And you can also use something like a link tree and that's what I use. So if you do want to check that out, you can go to my Instagram, it's the leverage PhD. And when you click on that link, you'll see it'll pop open a page with multiple links on there. And that's a way to get around that one link option. You'll also notice that in the feed, people will say link in bio because they're directing you back to that link. And using something like a link tree, there's, there's multiple options. That's the one that I use. It's free to utilize. So it's a great way to, great one to start out with. Okay. We're into tips. Um, that was you, you blew my mind with the first one. I'm jumping ahead. Okay. <laughs> I already was like, yeah, you should go back to a link tree. That makes a lot of sense. So, okay. We have our profile. We have our one link. We have a feed, which um, is all of your posts. It's like in a chronological order or reverse chronological. And you have your story. Um, is there any, like, if you look at the anatomy, are there any other pieces that somebody needs to know about before we dive into, into what to do with each of those? Those are the main parts. Obviously, hashtags are a big part of Instagram as well. Uh, and you put those on your profile, on your feed, and in your stories. Okay. I'm going to give them their own part of anatomy because I've heard they're really important. <laughs> yeah, yes. Okay. So, perfect. So, we have the profile, we have the feed, we have the stories, and we have the hashtags. So, we were going to go on through some tips, but I really like the link tree idea. Um, maybe we'll just kind of go through those. So, what is somebody need to know for setting up their profile right and and even their their one link right okay so profile to start with obviously you're going to choose a handle just like you do on all of the other social networks as much as possible this should be consistent because people will talk about that on a different profile so on twitter somebody might say go and follow at the leverage phd on instagram you want that to link to your own Twitter because it's not going to jump to Instagram. So you want to have consistency. You don't want to have to tell somebody, well, you can find me on Instagram at the leverage PhD and on Twitter, you can find me at Dr. Melanie Bruce because you want people to, you don't want to have to say that. Just say, find me on, on all social media platforms, 
with the handle The Rich PhD. So try and be consistent if you can. Include your name, include a photo, include a short bio. And your bio, you can play around with this, but you want this to be, this is what people are going to check out. You like someone's photo, they're going to go to your profile, they're going to look at your name, your photo, and your bio. And they're going to decide whether or not they want to follow you and connect with you further. So in that short bio, you want to talk about what you do. It's short to the point. You can use emojis. You can use bullet points, dot points, depending on what country, what type of English you speak. Uh, and make sure you set your profile to public. This is something that people, I see this quite often. If you have a private Instagram, nobody's going to follow you because people are going to assume that you want it to be private. So set it as public so that people can see your feed and see what you've got going on. And then the link you mentioned, a, a good, at least link back to your website or your blog, but a good idea is to link back to a special page that says, here's you know, what I am. And depending on what you are, what you're looking for, you can find the specific part of the website or the specific offering that I have or uh, specific information I create that, that entails to that, right? That's right. So to start with, you can just put in your website. If you don't have a website, you can use your LinkedIn account or your Twitter account if you want to go that route. But obviously, most people listening to the Grad Blogger have a blog or they're about to start one. So you can put in your blog there and you can direct it to a specific page and you can change that link as often as you want. So if you want to, you can change it up every other day to whatever link, whatever new post, whatever you want to direct people to that day. But it's easier if you do get a program such as the link tree and that way you can easily put in the links that you want and then direct people. And that way, if somebody sees your post from two days ago that says, oh, I've got this brand new post on this, they're not going to go to your bio and not find a link to that because you can keep those links and just keep updating them and adding more as you add more. I love it. And I would add, so to end the kind of bring it all the way around the profile, you mentioned the name is really important and being consistent. If you have a presence already, go get the link to, even if you don't want to start Instagram today. Like I went and got grab blogger probably a year and a half, two years ago. Cause I knew that was my, going to be my domain name across all social media apps. I just sort of sat on it and we used it for a little bit and, and now I'm just coming back to around using it now. So go get it today. Absolutely. That's a great tip. You should do that with all platforms. Even if you think you're not going to use them, set it up. You can leave it as private until you decide that you do want to get in. You don't want to get in in two years' time when your brand's established and someone try and make you pay a whole lot of money to get it back, which is illegal. Okay. So I think we'll move on to the feed thing. This is where you're doing your posting um, and this is where you're using your hashtag. So we'll kind of tie into that. So maybe your question is, if, if I'm just getting started, what should I be posting on Instagram? Okay, so first of all, I say don't compare to other people and don't get overwhelmed because on Instagram, you're going to come across some really beautiful feeds. They're going to be really well put together. Those people have been on Instagram for two or three years and they've been trying what works and they've been testing it. And so when you first get started, don't get too worried about that. Just get in and start posting some content see what works. You've got your analytics in, in the program and you can see what people are resonating with, what people are connecting with, what's getting people to your site, engaging with you. So posting images that are brighter are going to work better on the platform. It is a visual platform. So you do want to be having content that is highly appealing visually. Videos are becoming more and more popular. I don't use a lot of videos on my feed and that's one of those things where, you know, do as I 
saying not what I do because video will get you much more engagement. It is something that I want to be doing more in the future. Then what should we be writing, I guess, on these these posts? And it's a fine line because you don't, I don't want to tell people you got to go and do these six things for each post and be very strategic about it like you're a robot because that defeats the purpose of the, the, the platform. And um, we also don't want to be really willy-nilly and like post things that are, are totally wrong. Yeah, you want to be strategic about what you're doing. And that is one other thing with the feed. You do want to be consistent, which means posting at around the same time every day or on certain days that you do post. You don't want to post three times a day for a week and then not post for a couple of weeks. So if you do get a burst of you know, you're really creative and you're thinking, oh, these are all the things that I want to post. Don't post them all in one day, schedule them out and you can write your captions in your notes section on your phone and then post them over a number of days. So what do you need in your caption of your post? You want some information that's describing storytelling works really well on Instagram. Even though it is visual, people will read long captions on there. Try some different captions, longer, shorter, and see what works for your particular audience. In that caption, you want to have a call to action, a CTA, we call it in marketing. And this is asking your followers, the viewers to do something, whether that is to double tap if you agree or if you like or if you've ever felt the same or asking them to go and look at your latest blog post or commenting what they think about that certain topic invite people to engage. It's going to increase the number of people that are engaging with your posts. And the more that people engage, the more likely your post is going to be seen by a bigger audience, by a greater audience. And it's also going to mean that you have a really, you're building a relationship with your followers as well. The last thing that you want to have in your caption is your hashtags. Hashtags are what you use to be found. So this is going to open you up to new followers, to new audiences. You want to use hashtags that are within your reach. So there's some hashtags that I see a lot of people use on Instagram around in our area, such as PhD. Now PhD has, I can't remember off the top of my head, but it's definitely over 300,000 posts. You're going to get lost really quickly there, especially if you've just started out and you've got one follower who happens to be your mum. Your mum's probably not actually on Instagram. Instagram's for young people. <laughs> hey, did you see my account? Is your mum on Instagram? Yeah. She's cool if she is. Oh, wow. My mum is not. Uh, Instagram is, much, is, is definitely a much more younger demographic, Gen, Gen Y and, uh, and younger. You want to use hashtags that are within your reach, so finding smaller niche hashtags, smaller hashtags is going to get you found. Okay. And so there's a couple of pieces to the to a post in your feed then. You really want to caption it with something useful, something consistent with your brand and what you're doing normally. You want a you want to invite engagement, you can call us a call to action. You want to invite likes, you want to invite people to come back to your website or to to follow you or some sort of next step engagement, kind of give them the the off ramp to what to do next. I um, mean you want to use hashtags how often are, are you generally posting? There's two, two quantitative questions, if we will. Um, how often are you posting on Instagram? Or have you found uh, good engagement posting on Instagram? And then how many hashtags are you actually using? So the official number of how often you should be posting is at least once a day, 
up to twice a day. However, that is not something that we can keep up with. That's companies that have a whole social media marketing team. And so you definitely want to be posting at least three times a week on Instagram. I try and post uh, five times a week, every weekday. I did just have an Instagram challenge that I'll love to talk to you a little bit more later towards the end of the interview. And with that, I was posting every single day and it was a really fun challenge. And I saw my engagement and my followers skyrocket as a result of that. Main thing is be consistent go for at least three times a week and that way you're not going to be seen as inactive. You want to be seen as being active on the platform. So three times a week is a great goal to get started. Don't try and post multiple times a day. You'll burn yourself out. This is another platform, another thing to do. So definitely keep it low-key to start with and build over time if you find that you enjoy the platform and if you find that you are getting the engagement from your followers. Love it. So in those post captions as well, do we, I've seen a lot of hashtags used sometimes and I see only one or two. Is there like a sweet spot for uh, maybe not annoying people, but getting engagement? Again, there is, there's official research that's been done. It talks about how many, and they do say seven to eight. I actually think that's more to do with those people choosing more specific and targeted hashtags rather than people who put in 30. 30 is the maximum that you can have. And usually if you're getting up to 30, you're probably just not choosing ones that are quite as in line with your brand and with your reach. So rather than thinking how many should I try and get to that maximum 30, think about how you can choose the right hashtags. Definitely want to include a couple in your post and you try and aim for about seven or eight to get started. And then as you learn which hashtags work really well for you, you can increase that over time. Uh, another little side tip was what I do is I keep my hashtags in the notes section of my phone and that way I can cut and paste them into the specific posts that I'm doing. You will see some people post the hashtags in the first comment and some people put it in the actual caption. There's no difference to where you put them and even if you reply to comments later, those hashtags are going to be attached to your post. It's just your personal preference as to whether you think that they look spammy when they're in your caption or whether you like them as the first comment. Okay. So you mentioned Instagram challenge. <clears throat> I want to encourage people to stick around because we're going to get into what that is and how, when, and all the results on that. But the last part of the anatomy that we haven't covered is your story. Not your story, Melanie Bruce, but your story on Instagram. What is that and what kind of stuff should we be looking to put in there to get, get people back to our work? So stories is where you put up photos and video into a live feed. It's only, they only stick around for 24 hours. And so people have a 24 hour window to view that. You can then add them to your highlights reel. If you've created something in stories that you really want to keep around and people to be able to look at in the future, your Stories is a chance for you to be much more relaxed and open and invite people into you, you and your personal brand. And so it's a place to be really genuine, really. Uh, there's stickers that you can use. You can ask questions. You can poll people. It's a great way to engage with people. All right, so what could you actually post? If you are thinking about it, you can share yourself 
working, writing your latest blog post. You could share a struggle that you're going through at the moment, or you can share tips. It depends a lot on what your, what your brand is for your blog and for your Instagram and for your, for yourself. You might put up tips. So I share Instagram tips on my stories. I share tips on how to use some of the other platforms as well. I share little uh, insights and sneak peeks and, and teasers up as to what's coming next, what posts I'm going to be writing about next month or next week. No, I love it. And is there any tools for, obviously when you're doing these behaviors, you need to organically take a video of them. <laughs> you don't want to like reenact what you did in a day in 10 minutes, but, uh, or maybe you could, but that'd be a kind of funny strategy. So you need to collect these up. Was there a way to like set aside 20 minutes a day to build out your story or do you really have to do it, spend five minutes a day, five times a day, say, to, to do it? Like, is there any strategy there? No, so I'm definitely about not letting social media overtake your life and having balance. And I, you know, I have a lot, a lot of different things going on. I have my family and I have my full-time job and I am not Instagramming all the time or tweeting or any of the other social media platforms. So I definitely batch my content. And so I do that for my feed. It's quite, it's very easy to do that for the feed. And I'll take, I'll just snap a few pictures wherever I am, whatever I'm doing. If I'm giving a talk or if I'm relaxing at the park with my family, take a few pictures. And then later that evening or later that day, I will create all my content and batch it out. With stories, you do want it to be a little bit more live, but at the same time, it's every 24 hours. So if you post every morning or every night, you have it as a little bit of a ritual of before I do my wind down for bed, I'm going to do a video. That's perfect because then you're posting at the same time every day. You're always going to have a story that's live, that's that's going on. And so you can be strategic and say, these are the things that I'm going to talk about this week and then record them either live or record them and, and put them up as you go along. Oh, I love it. So just by way of a little bit of summary, we talked about the four kind of components for Instagram, your profile and your link, your feed, your stories, and then how hashtags fit in with, with uh, your feed. Um, we talked about in your profile, you really want to have a handle that's consistent with your other branding. You also want to have a good description and a good link back to your website. And then there's some tools out there, things that you can use like link tree strategies. Um, and I'm sure there's other strategies to, to kind of get more dynamic people back, back to your website. One way is if you're hosting an event, you maybe put the link to your event landing page or something in there. So there's, there's lots of strategies around your profile. For your feed, you want to make sure for each post that you have a caption that's relevant, that connects and engages with your audience. You want to give them a call to action to, to invite them to engage back with you. And you want to make sure you include hashtags. We said around uh, your recommendation was three to five posts a week for a feed or what works for you is, a, is another way to look at it. Um, and for hashtags, again, it's more about relevant hashtags and just shotgun approach and fill the max 30. Story, it's really about, that's where I saw the most value for Instagram for myself was, you know, I'm doing this podcast interview, taking a little video while I'm getting set up and sending that through or just showing the, the audience really the inside scoop of what life as building your own independent research company is and what life building grab blogger is. You mentioned earlier this Instagram challenge, and this is when I saw you doing the challenge. I, I saw the great things you're doing on Instagram. That's why I kind of picked it up. I was like, we need to get uh, Melly on to, to teach us how to do this. So if we just truncate this episode right now, everyone would have enough to 
go and start their own Instagram profile, which is great. But can we talk a bit about this this challenge? Maybe what is an Instagram challenge might be the, the first step. Yeah, let's talk about that. An Instagram challenge is a really fun way to develop your presence. It's a way of getting over that hump of, I don't know what to post and I don't have any connections. So if someone's just starting out, I definitely recommend that they take part in a challenge. You commit to posting every day for a specific period of time and you receive a daily prompt that can inspire you on what to post. So it takes away that question of what do I post on my feed or what do I post on my stories? An Instagram challenge has a couple of benefits. It is going to take the effort out of thinking And it's also going to allow you to connect with like-minded people and, yeah, really build engagement. The challenges that I did, we did it in May of 2019, and that was the first challenge that I have hosted, and it was amazing. We had people connecting all around the world. I have a... One of my followers from Australia connected with a follower in the United States and they're going to be talking about crowdfunding her research. We've got people connecting from the Netherlands to people who are in India. It was a worldwide challenge where people connected with those in their field but also people who are passionate about their research. We learned so much about what other people are doing and how different countries are innovating and doing such exciting stuff. I love it. The whole idea sounds great. So take us into like a day so that we can figure out exactly what this looks like. So you mentioned there's a prompt. Are you sending out the prompt or is it some sort of automated So I put together this challenge and I put together 31 prompts because there were 31 days in May and each day you you receive a hashtag and you use that hashtag. Uh, For example, the very first day we used the hashtag, this is me. And it was a chance for people to introduce themselves to their audience. If you're new, this is great. If you're established, you probably haven't introduced yourself to the hundreds of followers or the thousands of followers that you got since you first started your challenge, So uh, your, your account. Sorry. So it's a really great way to open up. And that was one of the most engaging posts. Posted, I posted a picture of myself and I explained everything that I do, all my little side hustles, my consulting business. I talked about what the Leverage PhD is and all of the people in the challenge were doing this as well. And because uh, we also use a second hashtag, which we use every single day of the challenge, you can find people who are doing the challenge. You search for that hashtag and you find them and learn about who they are, what they're doing. And so each day, a different challenge. All of them were related to you know, science, academia, PhD, graduates, but they're vague enough that anyone can post on them. I love it. And do you, the the monolithic hashtag, that's a terrible word to use on, use on a podcast, but the single hashtag, um, what was that for your for your challenge? In case people want to check it out. The challenge was, it, it's my my name, the Leveraged PhD. And so yeah, if you do a Google, uh, a Google search, if you do an Instagram search for that hashtag, you'll see what people were posting about and you can see the engagement that people got that were connecting with each other and writing Uh, on those posts about that. And I am doing, if I can do a little shout out, I am going to do another Instagram challenge, which is going to be in September of 2019. If you are listening to this episode before then, just drop me a line, find me on Instagram, find me online, and I'll 
get you connected so that you can be a part of the next challenge. It's going to be bigger and better than the, the first one. I got so much great feedback from people and requests to do another one. So we've got another one coming up in a few months. So if I want to join, I tag you on social media at the Leverage PhD and say, put me in for September. You can do that. Absolutely. And awesome. I will send you through a sign-up link and all of the, the prompts that you get. And there's lots of resources that come with it as well. You'll get an email originally with all the prompts so that you can start to plan them out. You don't get the prompt each day. You get them all up front so you can think about, oh, oh I need to post about my research or I need to post about my blog. This is the day that I'm going to do that. And you can plan it out a little bit. And you'll also get updates and I'll inspire you and connect with you on how to how to make the most out of it. I, I send out tips and I encourage people and I'll I follow along with the challenge and find your content. And if I see you doing something that maybe isn't optimizing, then I'll send you a little private message and say, hey, Chris, just maybe switch out these hashtags or try this and help you along the way. Please do. No, <laughs> um, no that sounds awesome. So I'd encourage... Yeah, anyone that's that's listening to this, and I'm sure there will be lots that that are to follow at the Leverage PhD, both on Twitter and Instagram. Follow at Grab Blogger as well. We have a little bit of a profile there, and we're sort of growing um, organically. But this is something that, that I'll be doing a lot more of in the upcoming months and and years for sure. The big takeaway, I guess, from from this episode for me is just understanding the parts of Instagram, understanding engagement, and seeing it as a as a really nice platform. As I kind of mentioned, if you pers- if you picture your brand as as being one that's making intimate connections with your audience, which isn't everyone, you could have a grant brand that sells widgets and there are no it. But if you are a personal brand and trying to build authority, this is really the the type of platform that can help do that. So it's something to really get engaged with. So that so I want to thank um, Dr. Bruce. I want to thank Melanie for coming on, sharing her, her wealth of knowledge in this area. Yeah, with that, I say thank you very much, and I look forward. We're actually going to do another recording talking about personal branding and actually rebranding your website in, in Grab Blogger episode 18, which will be coming up in two weeks when you're listening to this. But with that, I'll say thank you for coming on for this episode. Well, thank you, Chris. I, I'm so excited. I really enjoyed sharing Instagram with you and the listeners. And I look forward to watching at Grab Blogger on Instagram grow and implement some of the tips that I've shared with you today. Yes. And we will be involved with the challenge. So um, I'm looking forward to it as well. So you've been listening to Dr. Melanie Bruce and myself, Dr. Chris Cloney on the Grab Blogger podcast, talking about using Instagram as part of your, your academic business. Definitely, if you like this episode, if you like the material, tag us on Twitter or on Instagram on those platforms that you're using. Give us a shout out. Let us know what you took away from this. Let us know of any questions that you have. Um, as always, you can get the transcripts for this episode at grabblogger.com slash 16. We're going to put together a cheat sheet that are the, the top seven or eight tips that you need to know if you're getting started on Instagram. So if you're getting started today and saying, oh, what do I do? You can go read the transcript, go read the blog post, or we'll put it all on one page where you can go get that cheat sheet as well. So I so always want to say thank you for listening to the Grab Blogger podcast. Um, it's amazing seeing everyone's kind of business develop and grow. And I'm really excited for the impact that we're going we're gonna to have in the world moving together. So thanks again. And we'll be talking again next week with, uh, with another guest for the Grab Blogger podcast. Mm-hmm.